And I agree with what Brother Hart said. It's good to see you. I'm, I'm always thankful when I get to see you, especially on a, a night such as tonight. Amen. God bless you all. I give honor to you as the body of Christ. I want to take a little bit of time here tonight and uh, look at some scriptures. I told you last week, on a Tuesday night last week, that I wanted to talk about baptism. And I, in a roundabout way, might have talked a little bit about baptism last Tuesday, but I really talked about uh, just the nature of God and the eternal nature of God. And I made a statement last week, something to the effect of those that might debate formulas of baptism or methods of baptism is really actually a debate more towards the nature of God than just words that you might say at a given time. Uh, tonight, I do want to talk about baptism. We want, I want to talk specifically about what the Bible says about baptism, what we see in the Scripture when we look at passages about baptism. I have some notes, some disclaimers that I'm going to read to you. For the purpose of this lesson... I will not be discussing any other forms or methods or doctrines other than what is explicitly mentioned in the Bible. I do not want to have a contentious spirit. I don't want to. I'm not saying that because I don't want you to. I'm saying that because I don't want to. And if I make this statement and let you hold me to it, then you'll keep me from getting contentious, not with you, but with others that are not here. Amen? What matters is what the Bible says. You believe that? What matters is what the Bible says. And as we're going to look about what the Scripture says about baptism, this is not an exhaustive study on everything the Bible says about baptism. I'm not, I just don't have the time to go into all of that tonight. So this will be specifically about the idea of water baptism for the purpose of its role in salvation in that it is for the remission of sins. The reason why I say that is because there are other instances in the Bible where it talks about baptisms and some literal accounts of people being baptized and some figurative examples of baptism, such as being baptized with the Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible says baptized with the Holy Ghost. Well, that's not really what I'm talking about tonight. In other forms, other types of baptism, for example, when John the Baptist baptized people in the Bible, that was for a different purpose than what we baptize for today. The scripture says that. We might see just a few of those, but I don't really want to harp on that tonight. And 
you know, Jesus Christ was baptized, similar to the, how uh, John was baptizing people, and that was fulfilling a different purpose than what we get baptized today for. When Jesus was baptized, it was for a different purpose. He was not sinful, so it wasn't for the remission of sins, but he said to fulfill righteousness. But what I want to look at is specifically the command given by Jesus to his apostles to baptize and then the fulfillment of that command by the apostles. We see those things in the, in the Bible. I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. This is a very well-known scripture, a very well-known passage. And I want you to see this because it is a recording of the command. It's not the only time that this recording is mentioned in Scripture as far as the gospel accounts of disciples saying, Jesus said this to us. You know, you, that's not, a, that's not a, a foreign concept to us, right? We read stories of this happening in Matthew and then in Mark and then in Luke and sometimes in John and sometimes they're identical, sometimes they're a little bit different, sometimes just worded differently. And uh, I'm trying to pace myself and not get ahead of myself. But th this is one of those times. Mentioned in one of those Gospels. The recording that M Matthew said, this is what Jesus told us. So Jesus speaking, he says, Go ye therefore and teach... Everybody say, teach. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The next verse, if you would. Teaching them, everybody say, teaching them, to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So in those two verses... The emphasis is really doubly put on to teach than it is to baptize. Jesus didn't just say, go and baptize as many people as you can so you feel good about the number of people you baptized. All right? That's not what he says. First, teach them. While you're teaching, baptizing them and teaching them. I'm going to say that one more time for emphasis. The focus is not on baptizing as many people as you can so you can feel good about the number of people you've baptized. The focus is on teaching someone, and as you teach them, baptizing them will be a natural byproduct of the fact that you are teaching them. Amen? Now, let me focus for just a moment because, again, I said this is the command. If you go back to verse 19 again, it says, in the name, everybody say in the name, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Notice that that word name is singular, meaning only one. 
There is implication here, and this is not also the purpose of this lesson tonight, but there's implication here that there is the name that the Father has. There is the name that the Son has. There is the name that the Holy Ghost has. Baptizing them in the name, the Father's name, the Son's name, the Holy Ghost's name. Also, it's worth noting that this verse is the only verse in the whole Bible that has the words baptize, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in those verses. There's not another verse in all of Scripture that includes those words together in any form. Baptize and Father and Son and Holy Ghost. This is the only verse. Oh, let's go ahead and get all out of order from my notes because I mentioned it. This is one of the three recordings of the Gospels where that encounter is recorded. Just for fun, let me show you. The, I, I say for fun, not jokingly, because it is fun for me to see this. Let me show you the other two instances where, where this passage is, is recorded by Mark and by Luke. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Because I'm talking to you about the command that Jesus gave. He said unto them, this is Mark 16, but it's the same recording. Matthew went and re wrote it down his way. Mark went and wrote it down his way. And this, was, this is what Mark said. He said unto them, go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Mark heard it one way, Matthew heard it another way, but they heard the same thing. Mark heard, if I don't go and preach and the person doesn't hear and listen and obey and get baptized, they will be damned meaning eternal damnation, meaning they will not go to heaven. But if I go and I preach the gospel to them and they hear it, receive it, believe it, and obey it and get baptized, they shall be saved. Where in there did I say anything about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Nowhere. All right. That's about as contentious as I want to be right there. Luke Chapter 24, verse 47. Also present, his recording of those words. Luke 24, 47. He, that, nope, that's still Mark. Sorry, I got ahead of him. And that repentance, let's go back to verse 46. Try to give you a little bit more. Jesus said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now, that doesn't really sound anything like Matthew 28, 19, but it's the same recording of the same event. Say, so is Mark. But these, these men who the Holy Ghost 
divinely inspired to go and write these words, wrote them those ways. And Luke said that Jesus said repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. So that's the command that Jesus gave. Go and baptize and preach and teach and teach and teach and baptize and teach and preach and teach and teach and baptize and preach and teach and teach and baptize and preach and teach and teach. That's what Jesus told them to do, knowing he was about to be gone from this world. I don't want the teaching to stop. I don't want the preaching to stop just because I'm leaving you guys. Now, I want you to look at the fulfillment, the obedience to that command. Go to the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 4. This is one of the first recordings of obedience to that command. It involves Philip, one of the disciples. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. All right, good. They're obeying the command. God told them, go and preach. Go and teach. So they did that. Verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Go to verse 12 for the sake of time. But when they believed Philip preaching all the things, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. I cannot overstate this. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to have enough time to come back to this idea. But when they believed, everybody say when they believed. What Philip preached. What Philip preached. When they believed. What Philip preached concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. He preached, they believed, they got baptized. Both men and women. Go to verse 16. Nope, sorry. Stay there, verse 12. When they believed, they, they were baptized both men and women. What did they believe? What did he preach? Things about the kingdom of God and things about the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 16. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, speaking of the Spirit of God in the, whole, in the form of the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them only, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's not a, that's not a coincidence, and that's not a, a an revised edition. That's what the Scripture says. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. What? What Philip preached, the kingdom of God, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
Verse 17, then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. This, what we just read, is Philip obeying the command given by Jesus in Matthew and Mark and Luke to go and preach and teach and baptize. He did it, and that's how we see he did it. He fulfilled the command in obedience. Go to Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. This is the story of Peter and Cornelius. Probably not new to you. So I'm going to skip a lot of the details and get to the meat here. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. It says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Verse 46 says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, verse 47, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Verse 48, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. This is Peter obeying the command that Jesus gave in Matthew and in Mark and in Luke to go and teach and baptize in the name. That's what they did. Acts chapter 19, verse 2. Thank you, Brother Timothy, for helping me with these scriptures. Acts chapter 19, verse 2. This is Paul speaking with some of John the Baptist's disciples. I mentioned at the beginning the types. There were other types of baptism that took place in the scripture, one of them being the way that John the Baptist baptized. Just remember that as we read this little passage here. Paul said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Why? Because he knew they should. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Verse 3, so he says, Okay, let's make sure we cover the bases of teaching like I was commanded to teach. Unto what then were you baptized? If you haven't even heard that there's a such thing as a Holy Ghost, then I want to make sure you were baptized and baptized correctly with correct understanding. Because if you weren't, whether you received the Holy Ghost or not, this still needs to be addressed. Understand, he's not pointing fingers at anybody and saying, well, so-and-so didn't do their job. He's not coming at them with any kind of contentious spirit saying, oh, you got it all wrong and all messed up. We got we to gotta fix this post-haste. No, he just says, I know that God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And if you don't know that much, then let's see what else you don't know to make sure you do know. 
He said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? Or we might say, How were you baptized then? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Verse 4. Then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. That is how you were baptized. With the baptism of repentance. Saying unto, his, unto the people. So as he was teaching them and baptizing them unto repentance, he told them that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. I'm, I know you're going to get the Holy Ghost. And I, I'm going I'm going to circle back around to that in a minute. But I want to make sure you know how this all fits together. It's not enough that you were baptized in some kind of way. It's not enough that you were taught something and you obeyed it. If what you were taught is not what Jesus told us to teach you. John the Baptist himself said, I'm baptizing you as like a step one to repentance. But this is not the only step. This is not the end. This is not the last. This is not the fulfillment. I'm also telling you while I'm baptizing you that step two is going to take place. It's just not my job to do it. But it's your job to be aware of it. Look for it. Learn it. Next verse. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They said, okay, all those things that, that we did at the beginning got us here, but you're saying we need to go further because of what the scripture says, and you're saying it out of your obedience to the command that Jesus said, go and teach and baptize in the name. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Paul. So let's go ahead and read verse, verse 6. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. This is Paul obeying the command given by Jesus in Matthew and Mark in Luke. Acts chapter 22. This same Paul that we're talking about, you might have known him as Saul. You've seen him referred to as Saul earlier in the scriptures. Let's look at his story real quick. He, he, he uses Acts chapter 22 that, that time. He's really telling his whole testimony before the council. But in it, this is what he says. Acts chapter 22, verse 15. And he, he says that there was a guy named Ananias that came to me. Ananias said to me, Paul, for thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. Verse 16. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. That's Ananias obeying the command 
that Jesus gave in Matthew and Mark and Luke to teach and to baptize in the name. But I want you to pause for just a second. You've, I'm sure most of you have heard details of this story before because it's Saul talking about his Damascus road experience where he was converted to Paul. After he's been blinded and Ananias comes to him and says these things that we just read, he says to him, get up, that means arise, be baptized, that means get in water and go under it. I haven't really clarified that yet, but it is immersion all the way under your whole body at the same time underwater. That's what immersion means. So he says, get up, go get in the water, get immersed, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. It doesn't mean like you go underwater like, no, it means while you are under the water, make sure the name of the Lord is called on. What, is it, what did it mean to Paul when Ananias said, call on the name of the Lord? I'm very glad you asked that question. Right here in Acts chapter 22, go back to verse 7. Uh, the earlier part of his testimony when he's talking about this. Paul says, and I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I said, I answered, Who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Lord? Everybody say, Lord. Lord. So when Ananias told Paul, Get baptized, calling on the name of the Lord, he had just had the name of the Lord revealed to him in this setting. Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. That's the Lord. That's who I am. So when Ananias told Paul, get baptized, calling on the name of the Lord, there was no question to Paul what name that was, who that was. It's the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom I was persecuting. When I said, who art thou, Lord? Every instance that we see in Scripture of apostles baptizing, it is done in the name of the Lord Jesus. We'd, we only see them obeying the command that Jesus gave by baptizing in the name of the Lord Jesus. They didn't do it any other way. So, either they were all in disobedience by doing it the way we know they did it in the Scripture, or they were in obedience 
And by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus, they were baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. This name, the name of the Lord Jesus, is the only name that can bring salvation. Neither is there salvation in any other. The, the, the word guy in me has to just stop and absorb that and say salvation is in this name. And there is no salvation in any other name. For there is none other, none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. So the, again, my understanding is, so this name is a name under heaven, down here with us, given among men, down here with us, whereby we must be saved. Not even can be saved, not even might be saved, must be saved. There is only one name. I don't have a problem with somebody naming their child Jesus or Jesus. Why? Because it says it's a name given among men. That's what it means. He wasn't the first or only Yeshua. You know that? You read through the Old Testament and you see it's kind of like in these random words and names of all these names you'd never see. There was a Yeshua or there was a Joshua or there was one of those. You're like, wait a second. Who was that? Because I thought he was only him. No, it's a name given to men. We call people that. But it is also the only name whereby we must be saved. There is no salvation in any other name. Now, most of what we've just talked about is, I would call, how to baptize. Really, it's how they baptized. So the way they baptize is the way I want to baptize, and it's the way I want to be baptized. Don't, I'm not interested in anything else. But the scripture gives more insight, more than just that we should be baptized or how we should be baptized. The scripture tells us why we should be baptized. Why? Everybody say why. I, I, I'm not interested in convincing you that just you should get baptized so that you get wet, you leave, and then you feel better like you did what Elder Flowers said you needed to do. No, I want you to know why. And it's not my opinion. This is what the scripture says. Why we should be baptized. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. If you heard this verse before, say amen.
Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized. This is Peter again obeying the command that God told him. Go and teach and baptize in the name. He told them, Repent and be baptized. And this is in response to their question, What are we supposed to do then? Repent. This is what you're supposed to do. Repent. Be baptized, every one of you. Everybody say everyone. One more time like you wish everybody would get baptized. Say everyone. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for. Everybody say for. He didn't just stop there and say, here's what you need to do. Go get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. See you guys later. No, I want to give you understanding as to why you should get baptized, must get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's why. That's why you get baptized for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We get baptized for the remission of or forgiveness of sins. You've heard me say this before, but my daughter Annabelle, when she was six years old, she told me she wanted to get baptized, and I said, why? I'm making sure you give me the right answer. And I'm, it's, I'm making sure you don't want to get, bab- get baptized just so everybody will give you a big hug and make everybody happy and we can go home happy. No, 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 no. Why do you want to get baptized? And she said, to get my sins washed away. She'd heard the why, why we need to get baptized for the remission of sins. This is release from bondage or imprisonment. That's what remission of sins means. For release from bondage. For a pardon. That means a forgiveness. It means letting them go as if they'd never been committed. That's what pardon means. You've probably heard that term in a legal setting before. Somebody gets pardoned. That doesn't mean, well, we'll, we'll, we'll let you get out of jail and not serve the full sentence, but we're going to keep you on probation. It doesn't mean we're going to let you go, but it's going to be on your record, and it's still strike one, so if you do another one, you already got strike two. No. The pardon is it's like you never did it. Never at all. That is remission of sins. You only get that by being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You only get that. The Bible tells me I can only get forgiveness of sins, remission of sins, through baptism, immersion in water, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I already read these, but let me remind you. We do get baptized to be saved. Hear me. I didn't say once you're baptized, you're saved. You hear that? I did not say once you're baptized, you're saved. 
But I did say you get baptized to be saved. Caleb's playing in English. If you don't get baptized, you can't be saved. That, this was the way that Mark wrote it that we read earlier. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. All right, this is the last passage I'm going to read. Acts chapter 8, verse 30. We already looked at Acts chapter 8 once, and that was with Philip going into Samaria and him preaching and them believing and them getting baptized in the name. After that revival, if you could call it that, takes place in Samaria, the Holy Ghost zaps Philip. That's my, that's my translation. It, it, it removes him physically from one location and deposits him physically in another location. The desert. Ha! Wow, what must that have felt like? I'm okay if I never learned that. But while he's out there, this is the passage we read. Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. So he out in the desert, he sees a, a, a chariot and he sees a guy reading in the chariot. And he hears him reading the prophet Isaiah and says to him, how did I get here out in the desert? No, that's not what he says. I heard you reading Isaiah. Do you understand what you're reading in Isaiah? Verse 31. He said, how can I except some men should guide me. I'm reading it. I'm <laughs> How many of you have been there before? I'm reading it over and over and over, but it's just not making any sense to me. I need understanding. I need teaching. Oh, wait. You need teaching. Good, because I was commanded to go and teach people. I got a side note for you. This is kind of a spoiler alert. Somewhere in this teaching, you're probably going to get baptized because that was part of my command. But let's teach a little bit. He said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Hop up in this buggy with me, partner, and tell me what, about what I'm reading. Verse 32, the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. This Ethiopian gentleman is reading Isaiah that says he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb, dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. Verse 33. Let's jump down. Sake of time. Verse 34. And the eunuch answered Philip, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Who is he talking about? Is he talking about himself? Or is he talking about some other man? Who is this person that was led like a sheep to the slaughter? What do you think Philip did? Verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him, Jesus, at the same scripture. Now, 
I don't know how long they sat there for Philip to go from Isaiah to Jesus. It could have been really quick. It could have been long-winded like some of our other brethren apostles could be sometimes. I mean, there's whole chapters from Old Testament to New Testament. Whatever he said, he preached unto him Jesus. I, I don't know, but I would be surprised if he simply said, well, Isaiah was talking about Jesus. Likely, there was a little bit more understanding and guidance given than that. You know the thing about sheep. Well, why were sheep killed in the old days? You probably know that because of a sacrifice to cover sins, right? Yeah, I, that makes sense. I get that. Well, did you know we don't have to do that anymore because there was a man that God sent named Jesus who died for our sins. Oh, so that's who this was talking about. Yeah, that's who he was talking about. Verse 36. And as they went on their way, there they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? I have to... Uh, I'm trying to be done, and I'm almost done, but... I want us, with the Lord's help, to answer, be able to answer this question. We know how to answer Acts 2.37, men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized. Okay. But answer this question. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Look at what Philip said, verse 37. Philip said, if, everybody say if. Everybody say if. What hinders what, what would prevent me from getting baptized? If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. You can. You're allowed to get baptized if you believe with all your heart. Believe what? Everything that he just taught him about Jesus. You see that? This is why when my child, and she's not the only one, when my children have said, I want to get baptized, or can I get baptized, or I need to get, you, would you believe this? You're going to think I'm a terrible parent, because somewhere in the history, my kids have asked me, can I get baptized, and I've said no. No. Not like, not ever, but not right now. Why? Well, why do you want to get baptized? Because my sister got baptized. That's a hard no. So what hinders me from getting baptized? The fact that you only want to get baptized because somebody else got baptized. Mm, I'm not talking about my children anymore. What hinders me from getting baptized? Not believing, not knowing, not understanding why I should get baptized. That's what hinders a person. But Philip says, if thou believest with all thine heart, Brother or sister, you're ready. Now, further confirmation of that. We see it when we keep reading. And he answered, the eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
confession. When I was a child, I can remember this, hearing my pastor and others baptize people, and frequently what they would say was, upon the confession of your faith. Now, that's not in the Bible, but it's in the Bible. That's confession of his faith right there. So Philip says, good, we have confession of your faith. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So the teaching that Philip did from Isaiah to Jesus got this Ethiopian person to this belief, this understanding, and this confession. Verse 38, And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Once the man had a true understanding of who Jesus was and what baptism meant, Philip was ready to baptize him. Why don't you stand with me? I'd like us to pray. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word that we get to see in your word. Thank you, God, for all that you've done for us, Lord, to teach us and to give us understanding. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this ability, God, and this gift. God, I don't, I don't even understand how you could look at me and say that I'm pardoned, that I'm forgiven, that my sins are remitted. But I believe that it is the work of your blood. I believe, God, that is why you would die for my sins. Jesus, I believe it tonight. I confess it tonight, Father. I believe, Lord Jesus, that you are the way to salvation. I believe that there is no other way to salvation, Lord, but through obedience to your word. God, I pray, let there be understanding. Let there be revelation imparted in the name of Jesus. God, we live in a world full of men and women that need to be baptized. I pray, Lord Jesus, that spiritual impartation and revelation and that understanding would be sent to them, Father, that they would see, that they would hear, that they would know, Lord Jesus, of the need to be baptized. And that, as Peter said, it is to everyone, God, that it is to everyone. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Lord, I believe it tonight. I claim it in faith, Jesus. Father, let it be done according to your will. Let it be done according to your word and let it be done according to your timing and your plan for each individual. I pray it tonight in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, God. Lord, in your name, we believe it. I believe it and I'm thankful for it, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Timothy, you can stop our recording.